Do you want to become a better songwriter? Well, we created a very simple 10-minute songwriter personality test, and it's going to help you better understand who you are as a writer, and it's going to help you in the writer's room when you're writing with other writers, because you're going to be able to identify what kind of writer they are, maybe even have them take the songwriter personality test. If you're curious and you want to take the songwriter personality test today, just visit songwriterpersonalitytest.com or go to the link on the writingworship.co website. You're listening to the Brave Worship Podcast with Chrissy Nordhoff and Mary Beth Dodd. Brave Worship is all about encouraging women to write, lead, and live worship. So, what were you saying about your word of the year? I was saying that, so, <laughs> if you guys haven't had a chance to meet Chris yet, he can tend to be serious sometimes. Mm-hmm. And very deep. And so our friend Craig gave him a word of the year this year of loosen up, which is really two words of the year. It's two, but it's good. I think we need to do that. We were talking just the other day about how like we're always trying to save the world and do oh, yeah. all the things. Remember when you said to me, what did you say to me? Like not too long hey, ago. Hey, can we stop trying to change the world and just have some fun? Yes. That's what you said. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was thinking about today. Were you? Yeah. And remember we were talking about um, decision fatigue upstairs? Yes, guys. Does anybody know what we're talking about? I feel like we just jumped in here, but... I know. We just did. I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this, you're busy. You're a busy person that's looking for more busyness and information to put in your head, (laughs) right? Yeah. (sighs) Yeah, but it gets... That's how I've been feeling. And you said you have to in some capacities. Like mm-hmm. Just that, the just sheer number of texts that come in and emails that come in, like, shut it just shuts my brain off. Like, I don't even, it's not that I'm trying to be rude or not answer back. In my heart, I want to answer back, but I have so many decisions. Like, in my make. heart, I've answered back, and I gave <laughs> such a great response. It was amazing. But it shuts me, shuts me down, like, my brain. I get it. My brain just wants to take a nap instead. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> but you brought me a surprise today. So I did. Uh, pretty excited about the Spring Hill um, juice, juice bar. bar. I feel like we should have sponsors because we're always pushing something. I know. <laughs> we're always excited we about something. But it is pretty cool in a small town to have such a yummy place. And they have muffins. Muffins. Can we talk about it? And I think what kind were these again? They're vegan muffins. Mm-hmm. They were sweet greens muffins, which might sound weird, but they were actually so good. They have no sugar to it. That's what I was thinking about earlier. Making That's awesome. sure they didn't. So super good. I love it. Well, and you brought us soups too, which were really good. I love their black bean soup. It was super good. Mm-hmm. It's been a good day. It's been a real good day so far. It's been a good day. Today's actually, this is weird because we were just talking about decision fatigue and like being exhausted and like having too many things. Yeah. Today I was like finishing up my work at home and getting ready to head over here. And I was like, I kind of feel caught up for a second, like for just one second. Why? Because usually I'm like, until I'm completely asleep at night, I'm always writing something down to do, you know, like, oh my gosh, I forgot this and this and this and this. So anyway, yeah. Yeah. So I had this moment, just a moment. A moment wow. of being caught up felt really good. 
yesterday I had that feeling, well, it's a crazy week for me this week, but yesterday I had that feeling like I really should be videoing my life right now because um, I did do recently a story of what it's like to be a mom and a songwriter. And you work full time too. I mean, you we should video your life at some point when you're flying does, in. Actually. When you're flying in at two thirty at night or in the morning, and then you're getting up. You just said you had to get up to lead worship at what? You had to be there at seven thirty. Yeah, this week. So it's that kind of stuff. I think that sometimes, um, I don't know. It's really interesting. You have to have definitely the motivation and persistence to keep going through weeks like that. You know. Um, but and it's not that there's anything bad. It's just a lot to do um, and take care of everybody. So it's true. Yesterday, I'll tell you a little snapshot. Here's what I did because I was thinking I need to write this down. Um, but my day started super early because Anthem had xylophone practice or something, <laughs> which Eric and I were just laughing so hard about. And then, um, then I I did meal planning. Then I went to yoga. I'm trying to fit that in. Then I got groceries, came home, threw in something for dinner in the crock pot, left for a co-write, and did writing, did two two songs back-to-back, straight to a soccer game, stopped at a party just for a little bit because we needed to, and um, got home around 9.30. But it's days like that that are full. You know what I mean? Like one thing to the next thing to the next thing. And you just feel like there's not room for a a breath. Um, those are the weeks where big decisions are made. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like scaling back in certain areas, like leaving a little margin. Yeah. I don't know. I like, I don't do that. Well, I need to learn how to do that. Well, and I think it's hard because my heart is, I want to help everybody, you know, And give as much as I can, but sometimes I give too much. That's so hard. And I think like one of the things I learned in the last year or so was like every time I tell somebody yes, then Mm -hmm. I'm saying no to something, you know? Yeah. And in some seasons, that's like no to putting my kids to bed. That's no to, you know, spending time with family when I've been gone all week. Like that kind of stuff. I've had to just kind of switch up how I'm saying yes or no, you know? When you really think about what you're saying yes to. Yeah, because you don't think always about what comes with the yes, you know? Right. What it brings with it. And um, yeah, until later, until after the fact sometimes. And and you're right. Like sometimes saying yes to something is saying no to your family. And that's hard once you realize it, you mm-hmm. know? Sometimes you don't realize it and then you realize oh, that means I have to miss a soccer game, or that means I have to be out of town on this special day. Mm-hmm. You know, those types of things. It's so true. Yeah. So we wanted to do a podcast and talk a little bit about network marketing. We did. This is real, real risky here, people. I know. Hold on. Here we go. It's going to be okay. Um. Yeah, but I, you, you sort of started this whole network marketing thing. Sort of. Mm-hmm. So why don't you share just a little bit about your story? I will. And and um, I'll just preface this too by saying like, we are not trying to recruit you into network marketing. <laughs> right. We just want to share our experience. And um, I don't know, I guess we can talk about what that looks like in, in the dynamic of 
all these things we're talking about having multi roles, yeah. worship, writing, kids, mm-hmm. you know, being a wife, all these things. But um, actually, really, dad started it. You True. know, like our dad did network marketing when we were kids. We watched him try a couple different companies and mm-hmm. found one that really stuck and really worked for him. Um, and he was always working hard to provide for us. He was an engineer by day, and then we lived on a farm, and so he would. I guess earn extra money from farming too. Yeah. In different seasons. Um, but then he started in a company that was just real successful and ended up, I, I have a memory, I actually shared this at business meetings a lot, but I have a memory of mom and dad like sitting us down and being like, okay, guys, we don't know what to do. It's the end of the month and we have this money left over. What do you guys think we should do? You know, and just really? getting, yeah. Was I there at that point or was I, I, I out of the house? you were off to college by then. It was probably just me and Buddy. Okay. Just a conversation that we had. And um, at the time, uh, I had, I guess, kind of youth group leaders with our singing group. Mm-hmm. And um, we were able to give them money to um, get glasses for all five of their kids. Like no they were way. just a struggling family, you know. Um, and it was really cool. It was fun to watch our parents go from really struggling always to try to make ends meet so that mm-hmm. they could be as present as they could be with us and mom being home with us most of the time. Right. Um, to having a little more freedom and just a little more margin there in their finances. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also really fun to watch dad go from like seeming exhausted at the end of a long day and going out and farming and doing everything, you know, trying to think of a way to make things better to being excited when he got home and hopping mm-hmm. in the car and driving a couple hours to go do a training for mm-hmm. other people that were excited about what they were doing, you know, and kind of mm-hmm. come out of his shell. And um, so anyway, all that to say, you know, he kind of started that in, um, I watched that as a kid, but went into ministry, really never imagined that that would be part of my life mm-hmm. um, at all. But, you know, we got, I don't know, I'd probably been in ministry for maybe eight, nine years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had three of our little boys. We had just had our third. Um, so they were three months, two and four. And we looked back and realized it had been five, six, seven years since we had had a raise hmm. as a family. Um, and it was just a downturn in the economy. It was not, you know, the church's fault. I'm not saying anything like that, but we just got right. to a place where we were like, wow, we were both, um, you know, working at the same place. Mm. So neither of us had raises, you know? So anyway, we were just looking for some extra money and um, I decided to start a business and I started it so under the radar. It's not even funny. Like no one at church really knew what I was doing for the longest time. The people that I worked with, my boss, like nobody, I just kept it very quiet and really Mm -hmm. was just trying to earn extra money. Um, but it became so much more than that. And I think I expected to be able to maybe earn a little bit of extra money and Mm -hmm. try so hard to protect relationships and not be like that girl that was selling something or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, you know, I, I kind of expected that, but what I got from it was a ton of leadership development, team building skills, Mm -hmm. um, uh, just, I don't know, it grew me into a better leader having the business experience along with the ministry experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I loved it. It was a big risk for us. Um, and yeah, a big reward, you know? Yeah. What do you think? Um, what do you think you learned through network marketing that has helped you with leading worship teams? Or what what has crossed over as far as knowledge. I would say um, what's been really interesting is that 
I was able to slide my ministry skill set over into the network marketing world first, right? Mm -hmm. So just starting from the very beginning, that was something that was super helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's almost now when I look back at my experiences, like anytime you grow in leadership in any area, Mm -hmm. um, it positively affects all the other areas of your life. You know, Um, just they say when the tide rises, the ships all go up together, right? So like growing yourself as a leader and in leadership, it definitely impacted the other areas. And just to give a like practical example, I remember, you know, I had been leading worship for years and years and doing song transitions and able to pray and speak into moments. Like I had learned to do those things. Speaking in front of people mm-hmm. was not natural to me. I had to learn it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when somebody would ask me like, hey, can you give this announcement? Or can you do this like very practical thing and talk about, you know, something that's not leading someone into a moment of worship. I really struggled with that. I Mm. loathed it. If they asked me to make an announcement, the rest of my morning would be like worried about that. You know, like that's what I'd be thinking. So having to learn to speak into something that was not worship Mm -hmm. leading um, taught me how to do that. And I actually, by the time um, we left that church, uh, I was doing almost all of the announcements. I was doing a lot of those transitions mm. and I was learning what it looks like to step into a moment just out of leadership mm-hmm. that was separate from leading into a spiritual moment, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, right? Yeah. Like logistical things and what it looks like to manage um, moments other than just those ones that are really intimate, you know? Yeah. Well, um, that's all amazing. I think um, I'll share just a tiny bit of our story too, but I think... Um, one of the biggest things that it's helped me with is is conflict and learning how to deal with that head on and and just knowing that as a leader that's that comes with leadership dealing with conflict um that's been one of my hardest things because i'm i'm just sort of a peacemaker i guess at heart and always want peace but sometimes in order to get peace i've learned the hard way that you have to walk through the fire first because it's waiting on the other side it's not always before the fire sometimes it's after and that's one of the huge things i've learned but um you know we got to see you sort of start rising up in that whole thing and um and i don't know i found something that was helping me a ton um when i was struggling with physical illness And um, Eric had always said, if you find something that you like, I want to jump on board. Little did I know, too, that we would actually grow a whole team um, through network marketing. So we did. And Eric is still working it um, today. And honestly, that's our main source of income right now. Um, So um, it's sometimes it's hard to see some of the things that are put out there online about network marketing. Um, because, you know, some of the negative press that it gets, and I understand that I totally get it. But at the same time, everything that we're doing right now with brave worship, we're able to do because we're provided for another way. Um, we truly are ministering to minister with brave worship and we're not really receiving any income from that. Right. Um, <laughs> negative income. <laughs> you got that. <laughs> negative income. But the reason why we're able to minister to people and give our time that way is because we're taking care of another way. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think we can be thankful that we have it um, because of what it allows us to do. Right. Right. And I would um, say um, 
you know, just to go off of what you're saying, there mm-hmm. are a lot of people who've had a bad experience uh-huh. um, as part of the industry, you know, but I would also say that you can have a bad experience with any industry. That's true. You know? And yeah. so one thing I, you know, growing up, like I certainly had my own ideas about it as well. And I think our parents did too, really. They had kind of given up on the industry before they found just a, something that clicked for them. Right. You know, and just so you guys know, listening, we are not with the same company. We're, We're with not. two different companies. Um, but we've both had some great experiences and ultimately it's it is working with people it's yeah. learning how to grow people and people, grow teams and, teams. and yeah. yeah that's what it is and so mm-hmm. i am i'm so grateful for the experience of that i would not have nearly um the skills that i have to work with people if it had not been for that yeah, you know and and i've done personal development it sure is and um, so I don't know. I feel like I've seen both sides, but, mm-hmm. um, I'm just really super grateful for it. And now my role is I actually work for a network marketing company mm-hmm. instead of building, um, a team I'm working for them. And it's really interesting to watch the crossover, um, mm-hmm. of ministry in there. And, uh, we baptized somebody in a swimming pool last year. Yeah. You know, we've seen people come to Christ through the business. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually both got to go with the team from Brave to lead worship at mm-hmm. a women's conference that was sponsored by the company. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been a really cool thing too, to know that I can still use ministry skills when I'm in that arena um, freely. And I'm grateful for that. I, I realize yeah. probably not all companies would be open to that, but right. they are. So that's been a really huge blessing. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, just on the bad experience side of things, like when dad was really getting into the whole business and it was flourishing, um, I think the part that I saw, because I was on the other end of that, like you were at home still. I was at college. Do you remember this? And he mm-hmm. was making trips to my college town and like all my friends were going to his his meetings and stuff. And I was like, Dad, why are you doing, why are you hanging out with all my friends? (laughs) And it was kind of funny. Um, And I remember like thinking, I just don't know if I could ever do that. Like, I don't know if I could ever do what he's doing and have that like bravery to do that and the resolve to do that. It was, I saw him working um, sort of in a different way, I guess, on the, on the meeting side of things. Um, with my friends and it was a little bit weird, but it was, I understood it at the same time. It was just how it grew naturally. It wasn't what he was trying to do necessarily, but, um, so yeah, I had always said, I don't know if I'll, if I could ever do that. I just didn't know if I could ever do that, but come to find out we could. And, um, and yeah, like you said, like even inside any time that you're dealing with people, I think, there's going to be awesome things and then there's going to be hard things and we've experienced both. But I think that's reality, right? Like that's reality in the church is you have some great, awesome experiences and you may have some hard experiences. That's people. That's ministry is, is a lot the same to me mm-hmm. in my mind um, as far as the church and the business world. There's so much that's alike. Yeah. So I um I've had this conversation several times since I've been in network marketing but I w- I went to a meeting a couple months ago um showed up in a city and it was a small group of people so I had flown in and there was probably 
maybe 15 people there, very mm-hmm. small group. And sometimes I get to an event like that and I'm like, oh my goodness, like, what am I, <laughs> is this okay? Like, is it okay for me, you know, um, to travel that far? And um, it's just so interesting how God, even in that world is so faithful to bring like the right people. Yeah. And it's right. like, it wasn't a big group of people. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, we could have probably done a conference call and accomplished some of the same stuff, but I ended up in a side conversation mm-hmm. with a girl who her and her husband had literally just sold their home, sold everything they owned, bought an RV and they were hitting the road to go do ministry. Wow. And just the conversation was like, how do I do this? Is it okay for me to do ministry and to continue to build a business? And Mm -hmm. um, I have this conversation over and over with people. And it's so interesting to watch the light bulb go off when people realize like, it's okay to fund your own ministry. Hmm. It's okay to do that, you know, and never do you want to hurt your ministry because you're trying to push something or be salesy or Mm -hmm. take advantage of people. I'm not advocating that at all. Mm -hmm. You know, we have always protected relationships in the midst of having different businesses or whatever. Um, But what I am saying is there's something so cool about the fact that she was able to work her business in a part time capacity, homeschool her kids prop her husband up in ministry and do ministry of her own Mm. and have that flexibility to do that um, without having to necessarily go to a day job, you know, or raise support, you know, and we've done that. We, Mm -hmm. we went into a church plant situation where we had to raise Chris's income in support. Mm. That's not easy and it's not fun to do Mm long-term, you know? Um, But it's pretty cool when people realize like, it's okay for me to, you know, take care of my family. And I think especially women, I get the question from because they're just, they're questioning, like, is it okay to do both? Is it okay to do this, Mm -hmm. to try to provide for my family, Mm -hmm. um, you know, outside the home and take care of my family? Or is it okay to do ministry and still try to earn income so that Mm -hmm. we are not, you know, living in a homeless shelter (laughs) in some cases in ministry, you know, because they just ministry don't pay (laughs) y'all. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and something interesting um, that you said earlier, you said, you know, you showed up and it's 15 people and sometimes it's, you know, God just puts the right people there and it's the right thing. And you had this face to face conversation. I think one of the other greatest things I've learned from that whole business that applies to ministry is the importance of being faithful with the little things. And, um, and it's not like long term, it's not like just showing up for the big offense that um, that allows growth. It's not, it's these, sometimes these very small, but very consistent, um, gatherings like that, you know? Um, and I think that's the same, that's true of a church plant. It's true of, you know, some churches are trying to grow numbers and numbers can be the wrong focus sometimes. Um, and I think the multiplying only happens when we focus on those little things, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I was going to tell you just kind of, you know, on the idea of even doing something like that. Chris and I had dinner with a a pastor, retired pastor and his wife Mm -hmm. a few years ago. And I remember the conversation like it was yesterday. Mm. Um, He told us the story of when they um, got into ministry and they were in a really small church. And I actually, we should probably have him on this podcast and tell the story because it's incredible. But they were paying him next to nothing. And their family Mm -hmm. was literally going to, um, like, they would have, like, this line once a week where you could line up and anybody who didn't have enough money could Mm -hmm. get, like, a block of cheese and a loaf of bread for free. 
like once a week they would his wife would literally go get in the slime and get food you know mm. um because the church was not supplementing um their income enough for them to be able to survive you know mm-hmm. and um so he went on to just be at this church for several years in which they never really took great care of him you know mm. um he there was some situation where they were wanted to put a cell phone tower on the church's property. And mm-hmm. so he worked and worked and worked to get this deal done, you know, um, and be able to put this, this cell phone tower on the church's property. And the church got like a couple hundred thousand dollars. And it was mm-hmm. like this really cool thing that, you know, blessed the church. And um, I think he was thinking, okay, maybe they'll be able to pay me a little bit more. And we, you know, this will be okay. We won't have to stand in the food lines anymore. Mm. And the, instead the church <laughs> took the money and, put it in the cemetery fund <laughs> no oh yeah and it was just this insane the guy was just laughing telling us the story wow. um, of what it was like to watch them he had worked so hard for that church but they they just couldn't see the financial value in in paying him more mm-hmm. um and so this guy um knew he had to make more money for his family and mm-hmm. this is insane but he um started picking up roadkill off the side of the road and teaching himself how to do taxidermy with roadkill. What? Is this too weird of a story? It's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and he started a taxidermy business to be mm-hmm. able to feed his family. Wow. And the same guy went on later to um, just really learn um, a trade that was super... Um, obscure so that he could create this little part that no one else was making um, Mm -hmm. for something that the military used. I know this is way out there, but eventually he ended up being super successful, started this business on the side and then spent the next several years being able to not only fund his ministry in that season, Mm -hmm. but he was able to donate back to the church more than he ever took as income in all the beginning years of his ministry after this time. And so um, all that to say, he was on a network marketing, but he was somebody who found a way Mm -hmm. to do ministry and to be able to do business, to Mm -hmm. be able to take care of his family and be able to continue to invest in ministry, both you know, preaching and teaching the Bible, but he was also giving back financially. You know, mm-hmm. um, so I know that story is crazy. We literally should have him on because Chris and I sat there with our jaws on the ground talking to this family mm. and it was just unbelievable to hear um, what God could do through that, you know? Yeah. But um, I think there's there's the financial piece and that's something I've learned is like um, it's okay to have enough money left at the end of the month so you can give and give more. Mm. You know, I think sometimes we think it's like in ministry, it's like don't you know, don't make any money, make the minimum amount. And, um, you know, that's, that's okay too, but there's something to be said when you can actually support other missionaries and people Mm -hmm. in missions. And I mean, there's been times when people reached out to us and said, Hey, can you support our ministry? And we're like, we can't, Mm -hmm. there were seasons where we just literally couldn't Mm -hmm. do it, you know? Um, so I don't know. Well, I mean, even the disciples were, they had their tent making. Paul, right? Had tent making. Wait, was that Paul? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So. And I know, I think so true. I think mm-hmm. so many times we think like, oh, no, 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 you have to only do ministry if you're called to ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is, if we believe people, all people are called to ministry to a degree, if we want people who are going into the workplace to mm-hmm. be sharing Christ, to be ministering to people, mm-hmm. um, then 
how can we say that it's not okay to do both, you know? Right. So, and and that's not to say that there's not seasons where God calls you to focus on just one of those things. I certainly think that he does. And for some people, that's an entire life's worth of full-time ministry. Right. You know, and that's Mm -hmm. great too. Well, and depends on your family situation too, as far as your husband, if he's working and has a job and what you're doing, you know, because you're combining sometimes. Yeah. So that can help in some situations. Absolutely. But. And I think you never know what people are facing. Mm -hmm. You know, I think sometimes you see on social media or whatever, somebody make a post or try to start something. And, um, you know, it's easy to be judgmental or cynical about what they're going to be able to do with that thing or think, I don't want to buy something from somebody or I don't want to, you know, it's easy to think those things, but Mm -hmm. we don't know what's going on in people's worlds. Well, and one thing I love that you've said to me before is if you see someone doing network marketing, you always try to support them Mm -hmm. because that means you're caring for their family, you know, and where you could be buying, you know, eyeshadow at the grocery store at Ulta or whatever, you're buying it from someone else, but you're also putting food on their table at the same time. And I think so many times like these, you know, philanthropic things like Tom's shoes or whatever, where you buy a pair and they give a pair. We think that's awesome. But then when it comes to network marketing, we don't realize the impact of that purchase on our friends' lives. Yeah. And um, it's actually people in front of your face that you care about. So I think it's a huge opportunity. I do too. I mean, you're supporting a small business. It's just like, right. you know, if one of our friends owned the juice bar and I wish we would be there did, daily, we would be there supporting them. And you know, you're not going to be the only, you know, you can't be their sole source of, no. you know, income or anything like that. But it's like, yeah, why would you not try to support those things? And, yeah. and I get it. I, some of you guys might be listening to this and be going, what are you guys, you know, why, why would you even talk about this topic? And I know it's controversial. Believe me, it's controversial because we've certainly had friends and even some family who have had a hard time with it mm-hmm. as a business. And I know that, like we said in the beginning, there's, there's definitely been some bad experiences and things too. Yeah you know, that have come about, but there's also some really good things. And Mm -hmm. I think sometimes when there's been glaringly bad things, we forget to see the benefits that come from it, you know, Um, but they exist and they're Mm -hmm. there. And one of the things, this is kind of a sidebar that I'm really passionate about right now is making sure the church is still embracing people who are entrepreneurial. Mm. Um, And we've got to do it as the church because it's only increasing. Right. Entrepreneurialism is huge. Especially it's like cool to network. do it right now. It didn't used to be cool for a while, mm-hmm. you know, but it is. It's almost like we're going back to like the original like American dream. Like you guys, and especially in the business world right now, we're seeing an influx of people that are like 18 to 23. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we're Wanting only going to gonna see, right. Mm-hmm. We're only going to see more and more of it. And it's mm-hmm. not just network marketing. It's anything online based, anything flexible right. that people can do um, because they want that independence. And so we've got to do a great job. I really think as a church of embracing that, mm-hmm. supporting that. And honestly, the church is just going to benefit because, you know, people that are of that mindset also mm-hmm. bring lots of times some, you know, um, Great people skills. Perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. um, positive attitudes and Mm -hmm. the desire to work hard and do more and give more. And Mm -hmm. that all that benefits the church, you know? Yeah. Well, and God's been speaking to me about bread. I think I've shared about that before. But one of the things um, that he's spoken to me about the bread is that whatever bread he puts in front of me is good. And there's goodness in it. So, you know, like you're saying... Um, we can pick out 
the bad things or we can look at the good things. Um, but it all sort of comes in the same package and it's worth, um, you know, eating that bread. Otherwise he wouldn't be putting it in front of us. He wouldn't be putting those things in front of the church either. If it wasn't good bread. Absolutely. So true. So embrace those around you guys. Support your friends. Love on everybody. And at the very least, just be nice. Be nice. <laughs> you don't have to be mean or negative. And I know sometimes like when you have no experience with that, mm-hmm. it's it's harder to develop a brain cell, you know, for anybody who wants to start a business of their own that has the guts to go out and do mm-hmm. that. And it's hard. It's not easy to be that person. Right. It is not easy. And so I just, I don't know. I think it's, yeah, it's great to be supportive of that. I also think if you're, if you're somebody that has been scared to do something and it could be like putting a song out there, it could be right. starting in ministry. It could be something that you're really great at making or creating or something you've been watching somebody else do that you want to become a part of. It could mm-hmm. be anything like that. Um, and I just, I would say, you know, you are going to grow in all areas when you stretch yourself like that. Yeah. You know, your yes. relationships, you'll grow in relationships, you'll mm-hmm. grow in, in people skills like we've been talking about. Um, and it really, it really does benefit all things. So. Yes. Great advice. Great advice, everybody. Do you, it. You heard it here. Get out there. I'm brave worship. <laughs> Go do it. Well, thanks for listening guys. And hope you enjoyed this one. We'll see you next time. Bye guys. You've been listening to the Brave Worship Podcast with Dove Award-winning songwriter Chrissy Nordhoff and worship leader and music pastor Mary Beth Dodd. Visit braveworship.com forward slash free song and sign up for the email list to get updates on all the latest Brave Worship events, conferences, and retreats. Plus, get free songs to use in your next worship service, complete with chord chart and track. Also, find out how you can join Chrissy and Mary Beth in person at the next Brave Worship Conference. Simply visit braveworship.com forward slash conference to learn more. The times I've grown most as a songwriter are the times I've had mentors showing me the way. If you're looking to grow as a songwriter, we're now accepting applications for our Worship Songwriter Mentorship. Now, it's available only a few times each year. The Worship Songwriter Mentorship is a songwriting intensive that will help you craft impactful worship songs. It's a course created by Dove Award-winning and Grammy-nominated, drumroll here please, (laughs) our founder, pro songwriter Chrissy Nordoff. It's a small group community, and it's led by other songwriters over the course of nine weeks. It's an intensive course and a small group co-writing environment, and that means you'll be added to a special group of about 12 writers, give or take. Each group is led by experienced songwriters, some of them my dear, dear friends, and I've even gotten to lead a group or two. Rachel here, by the way. We love the church, and we love to champion fellow worship songwriters just like yourself. In this mentorship, you'll learn how to write songs for you and your congregation. You'll go deeper in your intimacy with Jesus. You'll get the tools needed to help craft songs more easily and never run out of creative ideas. Okay, I know it sounds too good to be true, but trust me, this course is a game changer. You'll learn how to leverage your unique songwriting personality and connect with other like-minded writers in a meaningful way. Truly, I can't think of another course, group of people, community that has impacted my songwriting the way that this mentorship has. If you're wanting to take the next steps in your songwriting journey, then apply now at the link in our show notes. 
We hope to see you there.